friends, we have a special show and a special guest today. We'll intro our guest, Katie Cruz, in just a second. Around minute seven, hinged. Around minute 20, the new movie Tesla. Around minute 29, words on bathroom walls. Around minute 40, the one and only Ivan and the Phineas and Ferb movie. Around minute 42, American Street Kid. Around minute 50, the 24th. Coming up on TV around minute 59 and at one hour and 10 minutes coming up in entertainment. Carl, why don't you introduce our guest? She is from my past. <laughs> Very have, deep in the past. We have a we have a relationship that goes back <laughs> many, many, many years. And I was there for the birth of her two children. Well, not there. Not, but kind of. Yes. I was, <laughs> and now one of your kids is almost 20 years old. Well, oh. he's going to be 18, so close enough. Absolutely. Right. Two decades later. Wow. Whew. Katie Cruz is here. Hey, how are you guys? Nice to see you, Katie. Lynn, you as well. Carl, it's always a thrill. It's always, been a, you know, I haven't seen you in a, it's been, gosh, a year a minute. or something-ish. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, way too long. Yes, and we're here to talk films because Katie, we see Katie at movie screens all the time, but this is the first time that Lynn and Katie have ever met. Can you believe that? Officially. Yes. Officially. Okay. I mean, you guys have probably been at the same events so many times. I'm and, sure we've been at a ton of screenings. And, well, and you talked probably, in the same group and everything, but we were never like, hi, I'm Katie, <laughs> hi, I'm Lynn. Well, you both were at the KC95 uh, movie screening, weren't you? Yes, I think we were, but I don't know that we. Yeah, we we were, we definitely were, but I don't down think at the we moolah, met. right? Yeah, at the moolah, we were definitely there. A together. lot of people were there. Yes, there was Just, a lot of socializing, <laughs> so, and uh, and then the something in the water. Uh, I don't know if you went to the screening of that, but but you guys have been around each other, and you've both right. been fixtures of St. Louis media for several years. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> Her. Okay. Let's um, <laughs> right, say. All right. So, Katie, what? Uh, let's plug you. What have you, we, what have you been doing? I know you were hosting some events, but now since there's no live entertainment, what are you doing? Yeah, I was able to do a whole lot of hosting and, and uh, tons of concerts and still getting out and seeing the people. But really, for the last gosh two and a half, probably yeah, two and a half years, I've been on a formatted radio station of rock and Americana. It's a really Ooh. cool blend. It's 101.7 K Wolf is what we go by. In, and in the Westplex. Uh, well, it's it's it, it, we are situated in the Westplex. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, technically our studios are in Brentwood, but <laughs> with split hairs, we broadcast pretty much from 270 west, as right. west as you want to get. So the studios are in St. Louis County, Correct. but it goes out St. Charles County mostly. Yes, our towers sit all throughout the county. We've got three right now that we're hopping the same format But on. there's also a website. Yeah, there is k-wuulf.com thanks carl you're welcome <laughs> so yeah it's really cool that, i'm still helping you out. you are i appreciate it the coolest thing about it is we get to as the owner says because it's family owned so we get to curate our own shows oh, so we have nice. we have tons of music in all of these buckets but what we get to do is pick and choose how those come together right so i do uh Katie's six, 80s. yeah I, on sundays i do that and then I'm, i sit behind the mic between six and noon every day and, and a.m drive yes 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 so back <sighs> at that i so know wait, now hold on that's how we that's how we came together that's right we were on doing mornings together yes and so wait you're still a westplex girl you're still way at, so you're coming i'm fallon yeah wow you're so so you're coming in to st louis county every morning and 
for all those non-essentials that had to stay home forever and even those who have not gone back to work i want to say thank you so much for staying off because the road. <laughs> there is no such thing as rush hour anymore right. and although it does kind of hurt my heart because it does hurt people in the economy and things such as that i gotta tell you i am loving my transport back to and from the city every day now because it's just a breeze. Did you do any remote? Did they set you up from home to do anything? No, we went in every single day. Wow. I haven't missed a beat, except for the fact that I, in our COVID world, I was or was not maybe possibly exposed to a, po a positive person over the 4th of July weekend, with which they were glad to give me the 12-day vacation at home, <laughs> which is not a vacation because, because you, you still have two anywhere. teenagers. <laughs> yes, and I have two teenagers. I mean, it was cool. But yeah, it was was fine, and, and I didn't get COVID. Everything was fine, but it was uh, yeah. Still, but that would have been a story to tell anyway. It would have been a story, yeah. So it is what it is, right? Well, yes. But we've been talking about everything except movies. <laughs> I'll bet. Well, one of the new news items today is that theaters are reopening, and the AMC at the Streets of St. Charles, Charles. opened today, mm -hmm. and they have new releases. They're showing Unhinged. They are, and yes. And I think words on bathroom walls and Tesla. Wow. Uh, High Point showing Tesla, which we're going to talk about next week. The Marcus is open. Yes. And, and it's only a select few. So. And they're going to be, it's going to be crisscrossed, and it's going to look like the drive-ins that they did out at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater only inside. Right. It's and gonna, uh, it's yeah, it's only going to be 40% capacity right. at uh, any of the theaters. Now, Galleria is already open and showing new releases, but mm -hmm. they do have Unhinged today, which we will also talk about. And next week, uh, Diary comes out. I, I was told that it comes out Monday. It's it's weird. It's a weird way that they're doing it. But I was told I can't. I can do a feature on it, but I can't talk about the film itself. So we'll save that until next week. So let's start off with. Should we talk about the movie I enjoyed or the movie that just is awful? Oh, they're both so good. <laughs> I know we can talk about either. But before I, I just want to point out the Marcuses. It's uh, Ronnie's mm -hmm. De Pair, Chesterfield. Arnold, and it's in Illinois, O'Fallon. The O'Fallon. Okay, so not St. Clair, because that St. Clair is a discount. Right, and it's still. Now, today, if you go to AMC's, and I guess maybe uh, as well as next week, because they'll be opening more, it's 15 cents. I no, heard Well, that. You, had, you had to buy them online first. Right. I noticed a lot of tickets were sold out when I went yes, to check Yes, because, the, you know, uh, what was it? COVID movies at Spanish flu prices. Right. <laughs> let's talk about the bad one. because right, let's, talk about, let's talk about, and uh, Skyview announced this week that they are going to show Tenet on the big screen. That is going to be the first movie that they are going to show live. Well, I might have to see it there. It, it, Tenet will be at the Skyview in Belleville. Okay, because that's the one movie that's going to get me to the big screen. All right, yeah. so let's, let's, t let's talk about. Unhinged. Unhinged. Well, this is the movie they were touting as the first major Hollywood release back in the theaters. So to clarify, this is the one you liked the least, Carl? Yes. Okay. This is, okay. Oh, I know, and I know why. I know you're, where you're going with this. Because, well, here's what's going on. They, the, Hell or High Water, this was going to be the first movie released in theaters because it it's number one in Europe right now. Barely. And no one cares because it's not very good. Russell Crowe is playing the heavy, 
and not a likable. There's nothing likable no. about him at all at the beginning. No, never. And then they try to make it into, and you'll enjoy this, Katie. Um, this movie is like so a changing lanes. Right. Yeah, this movie is so misguided in terms of what it's trying to say. Uh, it's about a, an um, emasculated male. He's divorced. He just got divorced. He got he 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 got divorced. He lost his job. He's pill popping. Well, we don't we don't know any of all this is inferred. And he they in the credits they call him the man, right. but he gives his name as Tom, Tom Cooper. Co- yeah. But they we don't know if that's true either. No, huh. no. And he is okay. Russell Crowe in the last couple of years, he hasn't really made a good. I mean, Boy Erased was good, but he hasn't really made a good movie. I would say till before he was Javert Gladiator. and Les oh. Mis. And a lot of people <laughs> yeah. gave him trouble about that too, right? Because they said he can't sing, but he can sing, and he, he was he was not a bad Javert, but he he was the weakest link in that movie, right? But that's, but that's only because you had Hugh Jackman. Singing his ass off, right? And he still brought the star power marquee right. name, so that was something, right? Yes. And so I think he's, and after his turn in the Mummy as Doctor Jekyll, oh yeah. dear lord! So he's had a kind <laughs> really? of career, a little bit of slide, but he has gone. I've seen him in a couple movies this year. He has gone full on Orson Welles, and the reason I say this is because he's or- bigger. Orson Welles, okay. Ouch. When Orson Welles was at the peak of well citizen kane and his troop and he was you know mr it in hollywood then he got ginormous in girth but he was still doing good stuff like third man and magnificent anderson and in touch of evil but then he started chewing scenery and and later in his career the low the lower movies yes and, and when he was the paul masson <laughs> yeah right? no wine before the, his time the the uh, the thing that uh, uh, Will Ferrell parodied on IFC, which, which was basically he was making fun of Orson Welles. Yeah, and so Russell Crowe is in that mode where he's just chewing scenery. He is so over the top in this, and I don't know why the filmmaker and the screenwriter think that this is good timing to uh, make us feel sorry for a white guy who has been Who's cast off by society. a woman and her <laughs> single mom like, or child. Like, uh, <laughs> okay, you really want to go there now? And so... Uh, it's nonstop mayhem, violence, malice. The violence is so off-putting. He is sadistic, and it is gross, and it is just— Well, it, st- it starts off horribly. It starts off—for oh. no rhyme or reason, it just starts off with a violent act. You don't—it would be different if you kind of felt any empathy or felt sorry for this guy, but it doesn't. You just see him sitting in his car in his rain, and my wife said— um, it's raining so hard that he had his window down. It, he would be soaked, but he's not soaked, and he folds his coat, and he, he's, it's a deliberate act of violence. And also, it is so over-the-top stupid. He he takes like a half a can of gasoline and blows it up, and of course, he lights a match, and then two seconds later, the garage blows up. Yeah. yeah, the garage blows the doors out, and it's so dumb. And he's not caught, and the, the movie starts off so badly, it gives us all this fear and loathing about modern society aggression. Well, I will say that there is a sense of foreboding and there's a there's a tight compactness which I I 
I don't like the enclosed spaces. And since they're in their car and they're in New Orleans, which I didn't get that they were in New Orleans, no, I had to they're look. They're supposed and, to be in LA. No, they're they're <laughs> they're supposed to be in New Orleans. Well, it says LA. Where? There shows you how confusing well, this thing I, well, is. Well, I put in my review that it was filmed in New Orleans, it, it, and it does not look like LA. It doesn't look like it doesn't look like LA. It doesn't look like New Orleans. No, it, it it's leafy and green, and it, well, it. I read a review that said it. I, I think it was in the press notes that um, New Orleans mother, and so okay. that's how dumb it is. You you don't even know, and it doesn't matter. And the female lead, she is a oceanic a- actress so she's not new zealand n- exactly still that's oceana i know i was just <laughs> <laughs> but she she's fine and she plays terrified well and the kid the kid is a horror movie actor yes he, he was in lights out and he was in annabelle and he's he's that Gabriel Bateman. I, I guess that's that's a thing now. Hey, I'm gonna be a kid. You pick your genre of <laughs> what yeah, you're gonna but excel for, in. Yeah, for like a child though. That's, that's crazy. And he's been in three or four major uh, horror movies. So keep your eye on this kid. In the the kid's good. Karen Pistorius is a frazzled single mother. Like who isn't a frazzled single mother when you're right. trying to, you know? So she's late to get the kid to school. She's she sleeping on the this, couch. She's yeah. got her brother and his girlfriend <laughs> living. And it's it, she's just a mess. She's a freelance beauty therapist. I think she cuts hair. <laughs> yeah, but they call her a beauty therapist. Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever it is. And I really thought the traffic looked like L.A. the way they did the right. freeways, and they called them but freeways. I have been. I have. I have been in New Orleans traffic, and it is like that. I I once had to stop somebody from falling asleep because we drove all night to get there, and I the there aren't a lot of places to turn off in New Orleans, and so I can under I felt the sense of foreboding and being trapped. Well, nobody acts like they're in New Orleans, so no. <laughs> just at all the the lingo, what the people that they encounter. So her best friend is Jimmy Simpson, who is just Jimmy Simpson. I love him. He ever since he was Kyle the Lyle the intern on <laughs> Letterman. Letterman, yep, and he is a hoot. But and he's, then he's, he's like, it was on Westworld. Last right, year. he got Emmy nominated for Westworld. He is wasted in this part. He's and, in one scene and then what's so ridiculous is the uh, the the if things go badly nobody's helping no, nobody's e- calling but police. Every, everybody's, yeah, got, everybody's yeah. got their cell phones out and taking videos that's the one thing now she does not go to the police nor does anyone else oh, which they is do, probably they do. she calls the police she finally does or does she, uh, well, i forgot so how far in because yeah. you're kind of screaming the whole time like Where's the cops in all of this? I know. <laughs> Where's the cops? I was screaming. Where's the cops? And then the phone thing is ridiculous. The phone thing's ridiculous. Yes. The well, contrivances. I, said, I, 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 I thought that she's she's at the gas station. She needs gas, of course, because everything is going wrong in her life. And he that's one thing. I'm going to make it seem you're going to have the worst day ever. You don't know what a bad day is. And so. <laughs> and so, so cheesy. That, that's actually one of the lines. You know, it's so, so cheesy. She puts her phone in the console and then puts the brake up. And I'm like, okay, I've done that. That brake isn't going to catch, and her car is going to like start going everywhere. No, instead, it said even something more stupid. And speaking of stupid, so many things are 
whatever you, you dial it up to the worst possible outcome for every single thing. There are no coincidences in this movie. It's all just here's the worst thing that can happen. Somebody gets hit by a car. Oh, they're going to get hit by another car and die. Somebody, uh, somebody's out of gas. Oh, well, you, you're going to run out of gas at the exact worst time. Oh, you see a police officer? He's going to get hit by a truck. It's just, and then oh, there's a small fire. Well, it's going to explode in 20 seconds just when to get, it's just so dumb. The decisions that this poor woman makes are ludicrous. <laughs> Nobody in real life would be making these decisions. No. That's what, when you're pulled so far out of the reality of what could be, or even trying to stretch, uh, you know, yourself to these limits, all you have to do is even watch the trailer. That's all Mm -hmm. you have to do. Watch the trailer and you will fully understand that this is so campy and so over the top. And they could have been onto something because we are in a society that's on the edge of our seat all the time. Nerves are frazzled. This could have been excellent timing to speak to the times that we are in right now. But when you're so, so, so over the top like this, it just, I agree, it does not work at all. And, And there's a character that gets shot and nothing it, 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 it would kill so that the person that gets shot it would be dead or the per and, and then uh. and then speeding in a minivan oh yeah that like that happens. oh yeah and the, there's a scene like she's driving along she she's going as fast as she can she turns around she sees him and then she floors it like wouldn't you have been flooring it the entire time no oh it's just so and then she gets to the school. There are procedures, ma'am. And it's just My the time. The dialogue is just. And it's so, only an hour and a half. And it feels a lot longer. This screenwriter wrote that awful movie with Rachel McAdams and and the Notebook, Killian no, Murphy. No, <laughs> no. oh Red Killian, Eye, Red Eye, which was terrible. And then he rebooted Red Dawn. So uh, this is his genre. You'd think that they garbage would not <laughs> pander, and uh, the director has that awful Demi Moore, David Duchovny movie, The Joneses. Yeah, with uh, uh, Demi, yeah Demi Moore and David Duchovny. Oh, keeping, Ellen, you, keeping up the Joneses. You had said this that uh, you know this. We're talking about Russell Crowe. We're talking about a highly acclaimed actor, and Academy Award winner in his heyday. I mean, you couldn't touch him for a while. I mean, he's just absolutely stellar when he commits to a role, and he was very good at picking roles. This point in his career, and like you said, he hasn't really done anything good in a couple of years, but you're still that guy. Somewhere in you, you're still that, you've got that, you know, you got the golden man. He's or he's just got, has he got more, more than one, I forget, but no, why, why does he choose something like this? Not that you're going to know his psyche, but if you're Russell Crowe, why even touch this? Or could it boil down to the fact that maybe it was just put together and so quickly and edited so badly that no, even, because this even had he to be, doesn't know? This had to be done way before COVID because there's no... Yeah, there's no social distancing at all. Okay. Yeah, I will say it's 90 minutes, but I could not wait for it to be over. Uh, I just was like, how much more of this can we take? And it's and uh, he's he's driving he's driving a Ford, even though they cover up the Ford logo, and she's driving uh, Volvo, a Volvo, a beat up Volvo, uh, and 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 that is a monster truck that he's got. I mean, it's a four by four, and it's gigantic and they try to make it like dual with the grill like yeah. they show the grill right and you're like oh my god and then there was that movie falling down that michael douglas right did uh, th- this is getting compared to that people that 90s. like it are comparing it to falling down which oh that falling down but there's a difference between what's going on in this and what's going on falling down 
or the game. It's just not, it's not good. <laughs> no, it's not good. It's, it's painfully bad as opposed to laughably bad. Frustrating. Is, it's frustratingly that's bad. That's another thing. It? I saw, I read a review and it said, this would be better if there was some comedy in it, but yeah. there there is no comedy. Oh in no, it. he is so Sadistic. repulsive, and 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 he's a weirdo, and it's just about toxic masculinity and suicide by cops. Another? Okay, by me. Yeah, do we need another one of these now? And I think it's horrible timing because I don't think we need to have more anxiety right now. No. I don't think we need to be sitting in the theater going, yeah, <laughs> this is this is really making me feel better. <laughs> no, all right. So so then let's let's skip to the weird one before we get to the one okay, that we both yeah. like. Let's, let's 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 go to the weird one. The weird one is Ethan Hawke as Nikolai Tesla. I know, and I didn't know what to expect with this. At first, I thought we'd just jump into this movie. Uh, Kyle MacLachlan is Thomas Edison, and he is an ass. Yes, <laughs> but that, that's the, that, there have been, this is not a new thing. In the last, let's say, well, Katie, you know. Tesla, the band, named themselves after Nikolai Tesla because they think Tesla should have their due, his due. Right. Because Marconi gets all the oh, in, inventing. Marconi they, screwed yes. him. Marconi screwed him. Edison screwed, screwed him. him. But it's not. It's so, so for the last thirty years, Tesla, and that's why uh, Elon Musk named his car Tesla because it's a, it's a different kind of motor. Right. So in the last thirty years, Tesla has been getting his due and. Marconi and Edison have been history is changing uh, writing a different book on those guys right he had some he was a man ahead of his time but boy did he have some bad luck he had some bad and, luck and, and they screwed him screwed him out of everything oh, and Ethan Hawke is so good he has that concerned look on his face the whole time like I'm getting screwed by everybody <laughs> but um, the thing is and he, he outlived them all Ser yeah he's Serbian he's from Croatia right and so his European nature doesn't quite fit in with the American industrialist but the, the casting in this movie is genius and also the way that they present it is rather bizarre but Jim Gaffigan is George Westinghouse yeah which I really would, good he's really good now Eve Houston acts as the narrator and she in real life is Bono's daughter yes and she so is, which is why I thought I they did used, not know that I thought they'd use a U2 song but they didn't huh. yeah no she's gorgeous her mother's she gorgeous and you know her, and I would follow him to the ends of the earth <laughs> And so, I am really, good reason. I am, I am really, uh, I like some of the choices that they made in this film. Yes. Like she has a laptop. Yeah. When she's, she's narrating. Like, and she's, she's, she's telling the story of Tesla and she's like, Google him. And she's got a MacBook right there and she's, she's doing it too. And she says, uh, if you Google Tesla, you'll find one third of the entries as you do Thomas Alva Edison. And she's, and she says there are four pictures of Tesla anywhere on Google image search which is weird because he lived up to 1943 i know <laughs> i did not know much about him except when christopher nolan did the prestige and david bowie played him right well, and i was like who is this tesla guy and so that so so he, you didn't know who he was back no then. well katie no. and i coming from rock we know about tesla because the great radio controversy the band exactly. <laughs> tesla named one of their albums that very thing because exactly tesla right. created radio and not marconi well the whole thing is that edison just dis dismisses him because Tesla is like, 
He wants alternating he wants to get paid. current, right? Alternating current, mm-hmm. and he comes up with patents, and he's the motors AC and versus DC. Yeah, and what he does with uh, with electricity and with light, and how he comes up with ideas. They show his mind working, which I find very fascinating because you know we're you know into science nerds and geniuses, and that's hard to portray on screen. So I like their choices. Now, Eve, now, now some of the choices. I, I like it. Instead of trying to recreate a background, they have a painting of that background, and they have them walking in front. It's kind of very theater-like, which is I thought you would enjoy that. Yeah. Now, now Eve, uh, when she's there, she plays J.P. Morgan's daughter. Which I don't know how realistic that relationship I it was. I looked Were they it, yeah. friends? Um, yeah. I, um, I uh, Actually, there's like on YouTube, there's like an eight-minute, this is Tesla's life. And I watched it. To, to <laughs> and that's a, that's, that is a good, when a movie makes you want to learn more about the subject, yeah. that is a good thing. Or a good entry point even before you see it. Exactly. Just maybe Google eight minutes and get some sort of a background and mm-hmm. then it fills in some of the blanks for you. Yeah, so it's very innovative in terms of a biopic, which I like because, you know, at first I thought, oh, my gosh, it's going to be like the radioactive of uh, Madame Curie, which was not good. (laughs) When I was watching this, I I knew it was was an hour and 42 minutes, and then all of a sudden— because the link they sent me had had my name on it, and it also had the time. The time wouldn't go away when no. I was watching. <laughs> the time wouldn't go away, and I'm like, "Wow, this story is almost over, and it's a hour and thirty two minutes in. That there's only ten minutes left. What are they going to do to fill the time? That is where what they do to fill the time is going to turn some people off. Hmm. They 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 have him sing karaoke. <laughs> yeah, he sings. Everybody wants to rule. He the sings world. the tears for, and I'm like, are they using a tears for fear song? And I'm like, no, he's going to sing for us because why not? It it makes sense with all the other stylized stuff that they have done with her having a laptop and telling us about Google and saying how other things that happen in the film, but it's just. Off-putting, and I think if they would have taken that scene out, this film would be better reviewed than it is. I mean, I, I don't even know what it is being reviewed. I'm just saying that I think that that would turn some people off. Well, I think that's why it's playing at the high point, and it is at the, because it is. If, if we're going to call it artsy, right? It's artsy. It's if Plaza artsy. Frontenac was open, it would be right. playing there. Oh, speaking of uh, a movie that I thought was this week, uh, but uh, in St. Louis, it opens August 28th. It says. Plaza Frontenac. Oh, good. So maybe I don't know how they're going to do opening. that. Well, I this, know. This is as we were talking about last week. This was another movie that opened in at Sundance in January. You know when Sundance was still a thing, right? And so now it's been picked up by IFC, and I liked it, but I don't know if it is what's the word I'm looking for mainstream. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be mainstream. But but uh, then again, uh, I've been a fan of Tesla ever since the great radio exactly conversation. Exactly right. Be- because of the band who said, hey, uh, we should be liking this guy more. And there's there's even a Doctor Who episode about how Edison's a dick and Tesla is the genius. And Edison was a good marketer. He was oh right. man and he's and even just... back then that's that's a great point to make it was he was a tremendous marketer and that's what gave him a big he, advantage in those times as they well. didn't talk about the elephants though they talked about him electrocuting dogs but they don't have <laughs> was it him or was it barnum that electrocuted the no elephants? it was him with the elephant 
because yeah. they don't they don't talk about the they do talk about the guy that they did uh, electrocute the first electrocution in mm-hmm. the United States. Yeah, well, there have, but then it's, Kyle it's, McLaughlin's really good at playing that smarmy. Oh yeah, it's more and, like the Dougie Jones of Twin Peaks than the. Uh, than Agent Cooper. Yeah, he's he's very good. I, I think. Well, Ethan Hawke. You cannot go wrong with Ethan Hawke. He is. He's stellar. And he's, he is. He's playing. He's he's got that goofy mustache. The whole. He's oh, in character the whole time. I, I know. And hit that look of concern. And you know, brooding and brilliant. <laughs> and he's just going for. It. But yeah, he's so well. You know, Tess. All those scientists were odd ducks back then. And, and then, then his uh, buddy Segetti. Uh, he's played like, by Ebon Moss. Yeah, Brock. from from Girls. Okay. HBO's Girls. He was the guy who it's married a great Marnie. Series. Oh, I know, I loved it. But he's he playing Segetti, and then he just disappears. <laughs> I know. There's people, and Ian Lithgow, who is obviously John. I would assume John Lithgow's son mm-hmm. is in it too, as one of the scientists. Uh, they start right. It's nonlinear. You know, you're not going to. But it, but it is telling the story from point A to point right. B. But it just happens that in the way there, it's just, it, I don't you know. You said you held back to your word weird, like weird in a good it, way, it, is, it sounds. It is, but, it, but, and then uh, you've, then there's there's a side story about uh, uh, the, Sandra, not Sandra, Sarah Bernhardt. And so it's just that did you look that up? Is that true too? Were they friends? I did not. <laughs> I did not look that up. Sarah honestly. Bernhardt and uh, it seems they had an unrequited affair. I you he don't. He never know. married, so he was in love with his work. Yeah, that's what he thought, and he moved <laughs> around from scientist. hotel to well, hotel. Well, no, it, but but also like <laughs> Anne Morgan is definitely in love with him. Sarah Bernhardt is definitely in love with him, and he's just more about changing the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about the movie I liked, except for the end. Is that words on bathroom walls? It is words on oh. bathroom walls. I really enjoyed this movie. As a teen movie goes, it's it's at the top of the... It's so like Edge t- of Seventeen or Perks. Tackling a really serious subject matter, for sure. I mean, it's almost... When I when I knew what they were going to tackle, I was almost afraid for them because, boy, you can really screw this up. See, that's the thing. There hasn't... there, Except for, like, a... A Beautiful Mind. Well, Go back to Russell Crowe, maybe. Yeah. There aren't that many movies about schizophrenia. No, and when they are, they're more lifetimey. I do think this is told with such good humor and with realistic uh, series. Like many and uh, kids are jerks, <laughs> boys are dumb. Well, <laughs> high school kids, you know. Um, it 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 checks all the boxes of a high school movie. Let's put it like that. Well, but it's based the, on a book. Yeah, <laughs> just like all the like the best high school right, movies the are. Young adult, but. The acting in this elevates it because good people are... And I found the script very witty, and I I did not mind the formula because I was enjoying myself so much. Normally, uh, many teenagers don't find out they have paranoid schizophrenia till they're in college, and mm, that's when that they have something? the breakdown. But this boy has it his senior year and he's going through his dad left him when he was two his mother's got a new boyfriend his mm-hmm. mother Walton is Goggins Molly Parker and mm-hmm. Walter got Walton Goggins, Goggins. I always say and I, I know you do that's him. why I said it right <laughs> before you did and he's such a good guy I met him uh in January so he's such a good guy he plays a uh, this is role against type he plays the mom's boyfriend no but th- th- he can play a 
wholesome type of guy, and he, he has can. before. Yes. It's just that that's not what he's known for. Right. And so a kid being a teenager, of course, hates, uh, you know, a boyfriend uh, in with his he's mom. He's not dad. And, he, and he's not trying to be dad. No. But you don't get that right away. No, you don't. Because, and, you, because it's not about the mother-father dynamic. It's about the teenager. And how they portray his schizophrenia is really good. This director, Thor... Thor and Freudenthal, I, he did yes. Stuart Little, the two, two, the Michael and, J. Fox Stuart Little movie. And the screenwriter did Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Okay. So they have that affinity for youth. But he also did special effects. And I think the way they portray the voices in his head and... Three main the, ones. The, the, mm-hmm. one, I think it's very effective. And it shows you what he's dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then it also shows... Anna, it's good to see Anna Sophia Robb, too. Right. And the the kid who plays the the uh, ladies man is a hoot. Well, yeah, I first I first thought it, it was uh, the kid that plays the Flash, uh, who was in Perks of Being a Wallflower, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, but mm-hmm. it but it's not. But he does a good impression of him. Lynn, yes. I agree with you big time. Like you said, like the, how they showed the brain of Tesla working, it kind of brings us into that fold. I think that the visual effects. And I've had friends, I think we all know people with schizophrenia, mm-hmm. and it's hard for us to understand exactly what's going on. Well, if that's true to form is what people think and feel in these visions and voices, the effects in this really, that's what my heart was like. Oh, my God. Could you imagine mm-hmm. living like that? I know. And the the kid is so likable. His, Charlie his, Plummer. Char- Charlie Plummer. He's very likable. Boardwalk and, Empire and uh, Not Fade Away. And then the, the movie he played Balthasar Getty in... Is it all the money in the world? Oh, okay. He, the one with Christopher Plummer. Yes, he he's the kid that cut off his ear. Okay, mm. you know. So and then Taylor Russell as the oh, overachiever girlfriend. Well, she is she, gonna be well, he, big star. <laughs> I love her. She she was she's on the um, new version of Lost in Space. Oh, well she and she was in Escape Room. She was and in Waves. waves. Mm-hmm breakout in waves she got a lot of buzz for that she plays the good girl the valedictorian the overachiever the working hard for her family and the one that you know is going to be his girlfriend yes and they fall in love and they love the movie never been kissed which i thought was cute well mm-hmm. it, it, it wouldn't have mattered it was ever whatever movie they could get the rights to show there you <laughs> yeah. go right yeah the, the drew barrymore but she just <laughs> uh she's his tutor and uh, she, she knows something's too. Ro- she knows something's wrong, but she can't yeah, quite. Yeah, and she won't. He won't tell her. Yeah, it's because that he's. Him, it's not the. Well, I can. He's ashamed. It's he's the cat worried. and mouse kind of thing that you need to have to build the story, right? Right, and he's worried that she's going to think differently of him because and she does because <laughs> his life because of acting out and having this and then also trying to get regulated on the meds which i know you know i as we all have we know people who have unfortunately killed themselves because they went off their absolutely meds. right mm-hmm. and the meds have more side effects that they don't want to have right and so we all even know though people even though like it start it's you can see once since since his schizophrenia is being manifested by with person are personified by these three people they they zip out and they you don't see them anymore and so it it's actually a very effective way of showing what the meds are doing mm-hmm. right so i think that's a really good point in here Absolutely. so i think they hit it and but you you also he also has to deal with the fact that he's going to a private catholic school with uh beth grant 
as an amazing, horrible nun. Yeah, she's you the principal, wanna... and you've seen her in a lot of stuff. She's She plays those old biddies that are just— She was on Mindy Project. Uh, awful. Oh, yeah. And, I know who you're uh, talking about. Mm-hmm. Andy Garcia is wonderful as the hip, cool priest. Now, he's also— with his salt and pepper beard, it's hard. I, I, you and I were talking about somebody who didn't realize who it was. I didn't real. I knew Andy Garcia was in the movie. I kept waiting for him to show up, and then I'm like, he's the priest. So I knew, I, even knowing that he was in there, um, it's he's hiding himself with this giant salt and pepper beard, and he's acting not. You think of Andy Garcia as this hip, cool guy. He's He's playing an age-appropriate role in this. Yes, yeah. So he's a, so he's the he's cool the hip, priest at the school. Yeah, the hip priest. And so uh, the kid uh, goes first to confession. meets him at confession. <laughs> they make him go to confession because it's a Catholic school, and like yeah, everybody has to go to confession. And so and, uh, he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, and so then they develop a relationship that winds up being face-to-face, and he's actually very helpful. Now, that is one of the – there are two things that are unbelievable at the end. Yeah. One – is the climax of the film would never happen in any Catholic school I've ever been to. And I went right. from Catholic school from kindergarten all the way through college. And me, well, it, it, oh, okay. it well, would not, it, it would not I have happened that they would have, school. they would have run him off and not him. He was, Oh, he would have been taken he, away. Right. And number two, the denouement after that, they, they've just had graduation and they are, they're having their boyfriend, girlfriend moment and there's no one around them. They, they're they in this, it's, it's like COVID has happened and no one is anywhere. And graduation just happened. There'd be hundreds of people in that going. And I know. They're, and they're just having their little moments. And I said, where are all the people? So, I know. But, but they that, wrap it up very that is neatly. Very, that is very nitpicky. And you have to have your climactic moment for the whole story to pan out. I also like the fact that what happened his junior year comes to haunt him in his senior year because they could have just left it alone. And I do wish there was a redemption arc for his former friends, but that is not this story to tell. No, and uh, he is uh, wants to go to culinary school really bad, and he's a great cook. And they don't want him around knives. And uh, <laughs> what I like about that because that uh, that it's an <laughs> no, they're all eating they're all eating with regular silverware and plastic knives. <laughs> Because a fork can't do damage, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> you can't yeah. shiv with right. this knife. Yeah. I mean, this uh, spoon here. But uh, I, I just thought it was very effective, and I think it's a really good message for teenagers. And yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a... perk. It's it's very much like perks in that aspect. Right. Except I, it's not as good I, as perks. I, well, no, it's not as good as perks. It's not even as good as uh, Edge of Seventeen or Eighth Grade. Right. But oh, is, eighth grade's in a class by itself. It is, but I'm saying I enjoy this, and it is a good, it is a good high school film for this kind of subject. You root for the people, and you you, you can couple. relate to them. Yeah, they are, and you relate. They to would have them. pretty babies, <laughs> <laughs> and you relate to them, and I think that's good. Speaking of the guy who directed Perks of Being a Wallflower, and I cannot say his name right, Carl. You would know it. The Chomsky, yeah. the Chubs. He wrote the book, too. Yeah. He is directing Dear Evan Hansen. Mm-hmm. Yay. Which is Steven. Yeah, I, I knew that there was rumors that going to do that. Chablonsky, that's it. I'm sorry. C-H-B. I just... Oh, I wanted to make sure I said C-H-B-O-S-K-Y. 
Yeah. He's doing Dear Evan Hansen. Yes, and they just started casting it, so I hope that we hear that Can Ben, ben Platt, Platt still be in it? I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I'll stretch my imagination for that. <laughs> and then also Ben Platt uh, hosted, guest hosted Jimmy Kimmel the other night. Yes, he did with uh, uh, Olivia Washington. No, no, not uh, Olivia Pope is is Carrie Washington. Carrie Washington. I, I got her character okay, name well, and her last well, name. Well, she was at the Democratic National Convention. That's why he interviewed her. Aha. I got to go back and watch it because I just. All right, Katie, have you seen any movies? Uh, none on in the big screen. Nothing. I mean, I'm a Netflix gal. But you have teenagers. Do you have Disney it. Plus too then? Yeah, they love Disney Plus. So we didn't get to see the one and only Ivan this weekend. No, which we'll I, have to talk about it next weekend. Right? Well, no, because I've been saving my Disney favors for Phineas and Ferb movie. Oh, come on. Candace Against the Universe. That is, that's debuting next week. I will watch one and only Ivan after I watch the Phineas and Ferb movie because I love Phineas and Ferb. And it was fantastic. It was great. And so they're doing a movie, and this is this movie is going to take place before the finale, so it won't have anything to do with anything. Gotcha. But they also, I heard they, for, for newbies, they are making it so Candace is not trying to bust her brother so much. So someone who is uninitiated to the 155 episodes. episodes. <laughs> they, they, so why is she so mean to them? It's not that it's not they're trying to soften her up. So I got gotcha. people that are new to this series and then we'll come back and watch. will not be turned off. And I off hope it, it does bring some people back to the series because regardless of age, it is a smart, funny it's worth your time. Yes. <laughs> You're like, I mean, 155 episodes, that's a lot of catching up. But the good thing about these is like any other, you know, animated series, you can kind of pick up anywhere. Right. And, and then just the, enjoy them for what they are. And then the sequel series, uh, Milo Murphy's Law, right. which season two is a direct sequel to Phineas and Ferb. But we still have is, three stuffed Phineases in oh, my house. You from should our, have a Perry the Platypus. From our, you know, <laughs> and they have and a you character. Know what? Perry, that's who we've got. we got three Perry, Perrys, that's right. Uh, and they have a character named Carl the Intern, and I talked to them about that, and they said it's total coincidence. <laughs> that is so funny. Isn't that awesome? It's great. All right, that so is. Lynn, did you see any of these others? Did you see The Prey? I, I did not see The Prey, but I saw... Uh, two of the other ones did you you didn't see cutthroat city with rizza i never did get the link and then it is it did start today yeah, it's, it's not video on demand till october, october. but rizza the from the wu-tang clan right it, his he's got a new movie and it's been they said this day they're releasing it this day they're releasing it it's because of coronavirus everything changes daily and we would be getting these emails from the production company all right it's being we're moving it here we're moving it here so i i never got a a link to go see uh cutthroat city all right so did you see american street kid i did what is that one this is a powerful documentary about homeless teens oh. mm. uh the angle on it now it was a long time in the making and i, I believe it was finished in 2018 uh it is uh very stark and haunting. The director, Michael Leone, um, his background is theater and a playwright, and he had a play about homeless teens called Playground. And a homeless girl came to watch it all the time, and mm -hmm. he got to talking mm -hmm. to her, and uh, she had a friend named Raven, and Raven was also homeless, and they were telling him about, you know, having to prostitute 
themselves to to uh, survive survive and how dangerous it was. Ugh. Well, both of the women wind up dead. Oh my Ew. gosh! So that's right off. This the, is a happy documentary. Yeah, oh right off gosh. the bat. Wait, so, so is it like an hour and a half? And then in the first five minutes, you... it's it's an hour and forty four minutes. Wow! So okay. what the guy did was he thought, oh, I'm gonna make a two-minute public service announcement about homeless teens maybe raise awareness and help in their plight. So what happens is he gets close to these kids. They trust him. They start telling him their stories, which are totally awful. Uh, You know, bad parenting. They were in foster homes. They were running away from foster homes. You know, they had junky parents. They had, uh, they were sexually abused by relatives. I mean, it just runs the gamut of awfulness. And so these kids are out on the street, and it's Venice Beach, and it's Hollywood. And he starts filming them and gets close to them, but he also, because, you know, I have that journalist background, you know, you're not supposed to become part of the story. Did, well, did they Michael Moore it a little? Yeah, he uh, becomes uh, a lot. He becomes part of the story. He starts giving them money and helping out. And there's one girl that uh, she's pregnant and she's like, I'm going to keep this baby. I want to give this baby all the love that I never got. These are so damaged, broken people. They are unloved and neglected and they had a whole lost childhood. And so he's like, uh, it would be better for her if she would just give the baby up for adoption. Right. And so for her life and the child's life no would be better. Kidding. Right. And so he convinces her to do this and she finds a birth family and they make her part of their lives they have her they put her in the guest room and so she's a success story he can't seem to get through to the other people drugs are very much a part of this like they're they're they do meth binges they go away they're it's just they get beat up and their lives are just awful and uh he finally breaks through to a couple of them and there's some success stories but he has this epiphany he's talking this woman that's his sounding this woman that's his sounding board is an outreach counselor but he also shows the frustration of how limited the social services are right and the nonprofits. that would be be the story he didn't need to be a part of that right Right. because there's 1.8 million homeless teens in this country oh my gosh and 5,000 of them die a year which he estimated is 13 a day So he has this epiphany, like instead of transitional living, like he helps get kids in transitional living, but they go back on the street because the streets are family. So they have a place to stay and they have everything, but they don't have that family connection. And that's what they crave. And so he has, he decides, he calls up this woman and says, what about instead of transitional living, we do transformational living and uh, he has all these ideas. So he has actually founded Spare Some Change, and he is helping uh, through the arts. Huh. Through the arts, he's helping get employment and getting better lives. And so it's and in the end, it's very inspiring. But there's some really it's difficult to watch, though. dark moments because they just they don't have the emotional and mental tools to deal with what they've been given one Uh one guy a very talented musician says i'm the son of a pimp and a prostitute who abandoned me oh oh gosh you know and then this one girl it's really horrific she says um 
I was raped, but I didn't know what it was. And so I went to the school counselor, our nurse, uh, bleeding, and oh. they immediately took me away to foster care. Right. Mm. And so she didn't know what was going on. Wow. She was like nine. Oh, my god! I know. So these are the stories that are told in this. So it's very hard-hitting, and he becomes part of the story, which at some point I have a little issue with, but then but then with the results at the end, you're like, he gets okay. gets a pass. <laughs> he did. He became part of the solution. Then and, he should have let somebody else tell his story. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was part two. I started as a filmmaker, and now right. I'm an advocate. Was he was he an advocate before, or did was he, he just, just became a fervent advocate after getting to know these kids? So he started out as a documentarian and was so moved by his subject that he became an advocate. I guess that's he was letting kids live at his house. And I guess if you're making the documentary, something like that is hard to avoid when you become that close and that much of a thread in this fabric. How can you not? I mean, the cameras are on you if these kids are in your house. So, yeah, yeah I guess it's Yeah, sticky, and he's but... like, yeah. And he gets a call from a kid, and he says, if I don't get him off the streets in an hour, he's going to be lost. You know, and so... He he... Does, is he is he trained for any of this? No! How do, he doesn't know that. I know, I know. And he's telling them, you know... <laughs> that's that's a what, point, That's Carl. another point. That's another point. I'm like... Mm. He's advising these kids without any... They could have taken advantage of him. Do you think some of them did? Well, I think so. Well, these are very needy people. Right. And these are not people who have had a normal no. kind of existence. So, you know, but yeah. But but you, the overall benefit of what transpired is good. Right. So this is an important film, documentary. Right. So it's produced by the guy who did 13th. Okay. And also Middle of Nowhere. So he produced two Ava DuVernay movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then there is a success story. One of the girls in the movie is now uh, spoken word slash song. Like she's on an album and she's performed before. She's a performance artist. Yeah. And uh, so she's had mm. some success. So they were touting that. And then one of the, the musician guy is in a lead singer for a band. And that's another thing. They start working, but they have no concept of how to handle money. Well, no. And, and another thing is, too, because they're on the streets, they don't have IDs. They don't have birth certificates. So they, they can't don't have, vote. So they can't Gosh. get jobs. And it's just Yeah, they don't vicious, have Social Security cards. Yeah, no. It's a vicious cycle. Right. It's like it's built for so them to fail. Yeah, because they can't get a they can't get a job that pays well because they don't have social security card and so they can't they can't make enough money so they're like an illegal. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, so of. it just shows the pitfalls of the system and wow. it's just sad. And uh so therefore, yeah, that was um that was an I will say it's an interesting uh film. Were you exhausted after you were finished watching? Yes. It? So, all right, let's try to get, let's try to bring you up. Did you watch the twenty fourth? I did, which is really hard to watch. Oh, great! Maybe we should have started oh, with that. I was. Uh, it's an important story because did you ever hear of the Camp Logan mutiny or the Houston riots of nineteen seventeen? No, I mm. never did either. This is like the the is this Tulsa, like the Tulsa thing. Yeah, the Tulsa riots and, and that you, everyone found out because of Watchmen. Right. So this is another thing we're learning about an important event in history. Another race riot. Yeah. No. This is after 
the East St. Louis race, right? And then there was one in another city around the same time as East St. Louis. So this is during World War One. There is an all-black infantry regiment. They think they're going to France. They get stationed at Camp Logan outside of Houston, and they're just doing construction. So there's internal stress. They thought they were going to be soldiers. Right. And then hmm. the townspeople are, it, this is Jim Crow era, so they're very bigoted, and the Houston police are bullies and awful people. Mm-hmm. And they are not treated equal. And the lead character, Trey Byers, he plays a guy they named Boston, and he actually— Is that where he's from? He's from educated people. Ah, so they say and, he's, uh, he's from Boston. Thomas Hayden Church is the commander. Oh, he, oh so gosh. He, so he's playing racist? No, he's actually really? the, the kind oh, guy. He's, he's he's playing Lowell from Wings. Lowell, yeah. yes. He's the, kind the lovable of, Lowell. Yeah, he's the kind guy. Good. I'm glad to see him play a level because he can play both. Right. Well, he's the only one that cares about him. Okay. And so he can't get too far. Is Michael T. Williamson racist too? No, but it's uh, he's the sergeant who's seen it all and knows that there's no hope. There's no hope for these There's gentlemen. no hope for any of them. So they're harassed relentlessly by the Houston cops. It's horrible. It's, it's so hard to watch. That was that, hate. that in Roots the Next Generation, there was one of Alex Haley's uh relatives that came back from war and he said, "Hey, I served my country." And he wore his uniform everywhere. And it didn't matter. People uh, were still jerks. Oh, this is why it is. Like Michael T. Williamson's character was in the Spanish American War, and he knew it didn't change anything. Right. Because mm. and they, they uh, Alex Haley's relative wore his uniform everywhere around town just to let people know, hey, I was a soldier, I served this country, and it still didn't matter because the racist people are racist, and it didn't matter. This sounds like more of the same. Oh yeah, and mm. it's it's just vicious. It's. It's so. Vicious. It makes you angry at humanity. Yes, uh, you uh, your outrage builds. So uh, the director and writer of this is Kevin Wilmot, who won an Oscar for writing Black Klansman with Spike Lee. Yes, and he also wrote The Five Bloods on Netflix. If you saw that, Katie. the other Spike Lee movie. So, so he's a Spike partner. This is right, the, the writing partner. This is called Inspired by True Events. Oh, really? So. But it it shows us what really happened. And if you look it up, uh, the night of August 23rd, uh, push came to shove. Like, they start beating on this woman, and a a townswoman, the Houston guys start, uh, the Houston police start beating on her, and guys run to her rescue, and they're getting beaten. And the head guy, they all think something horrible's happened to him. So push comes to shove. So they the regiment it doesn't end well. I'm no, sure. and this is in the history books. For two hours, they. I were, think there was a sixty minutes on this. They have a killing spree, mm-hmm. and in the end, uh, nine civilians, four police, and two soldiers are dead by friendly fire, and then one officer kills himself because he knows that's just going to be bad. Now, I keep the numbers keep changing. I saw it, you know, I looked it up and then the m- movie notes. So, it's a quibble here. A lot there. of people died. Yeah, so obviously the town 
is horrified at this carnage, so the men are court-martialed. Nineteen soldiers are executed, and 41 had to uh, spend the rest of their life in prison. Oh, my gosh. So it's not a uh it's not it's, it's a not it's not it's not a got a feel good ending yeah no, no it's it's what i'm saying is uh not and just the way i think i know kevin wilmot means well and i know we need to know this and it's very important in that regard but it's the unrelenting cruelty is really Cruel. hard to take it's just you know, and we don't have much character development, and uh, I think we could have had some of that to help us. With... But it didn't end well. Yeah, it was a real story, and nobody got out unscathed. And I'm sure there wasn't anything good that happened to Thomas Hayden Church character either. No, and it's just tragic. he was probably trying to defend them. And well, yeah, I, I don't well, know one story. of the one of the things is he goes away. Uh, for a, a reason, his father has died, and he goes away for a while. And this incompetent this guy stuff, yeah. is uh, in charge, and that's really and he what, can't protect them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really why things wound up. But you see the push come to shove, and you understand it. And the lead character Trey Byers, I think he's got a serious future. He co-wrote the script with Kevin Wilmot. He looks like a young. Cuba Gooding Jr. I know we shouldn't mention Cuba Gooding Jr. right now, but <laughs> but he does look like a young Cuba Gooding Jr. Good looking guy. Yeah, he's very good in this, and and very sympathetic, and uh, you just it, your heart breaks for him. And this was another movie that was supposed to be at South by Southwest before that got canceled. Right, and it's uh, and the, this will have full cinematic screen release. This, uh, no, this is a video on, on demand. demand. Oh, okay, on demand. Got you. So when we say video on demand, we mean also digital and cable platforms. Like if you're, you know, Spectrum or DirecTV. You can or, rent it in the 100s, or you can just go to Amazon Prime and get it right now. Gotcha. Right. Or you can, or uh, yeah, or like Redbox is even doing online now. So whatever your whatever method you use to stream movies, just go there. All right. Did you finally get to watch the Ren and Stimpy movie? I did not. You didn't. Good. Because I, as I told you last week, I don't think they addressed some things that uh, uh, needed to be addressed. So let's, try, let's move on. We only have Katie for another couple minutes. Right. So did you, did you watch any of the uh, Lovecraft Country or the Ted Lasso? You didn't watch any of that. No, I didn't. I just wanted to see if you guys did because I was so busy watching the movies this week <laughs> and my regular work, and then there was the Democratic National Convention, which there I had was to a watch. lot going on. So there was a lot going on, but I didn't watch Lovecraft Country. I did finish watching the uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I finally finished watching that, and then there was more. Even after this, oh, this week I saw the courtroom. Oh, they're trying to make him sound, feel like he's a feeble old man. But then there's a video of him in the jail bouncing around, and so <laughs> oh, he didn't realize that he was being filmed. So oh, screw that gosh. guy. Oh, his ex girlfriend was on one of the uh, oh yeah news programs. Bonnie. And, yes, and she got to stare at him. She didn't get to speak to him because well, no, she's not a victim. He's not looking mm. at anybody. Yeah, no, but she stared him down. Which was good, but those women, oh my God, yes. it just breaks your heart. And then Ted Lasso, I remembered those spots that NBC did with 
da- Jason Sudeikis as Ted Lasso, who was going to take over the football team over in England. And those were funny commercials. And so I'm I'm curious to watch that show on Apple Plus, even though I don't have Apple Plus. <laughs> And they've already renewed it for a second season. So. I know. So, but Jason Sudeikis, I wonder if he's going to come back on SNL as Biden. You know, Maya Rudolph is going to get a big bounce oh, as God. Kamala yes. Harris. Yes, but they already said that uh, Lauren Michaels already texted a picture of her as Kamala, so it's going to happen. <laughs> so, but they well, she played she played him during the debates. <laughs> yeah, she did. She played her during the but debates. Also, but but the thing is. Woody Harrelson and Jason Sudeikis—they need somebody that is in the current cast that can do it. They—they they don't need to—they don't need to have Alec Baldwin do what he's done for the last four years. Right, right. And I was wondering who was going to play Jill Biden. Jill Biden, Doctor Jill Biden. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but I wonder if Kate McKinnon or Cecily Strong. Yeah, she plays Melania. But if there's no Melania, yeah, well, we will never if. If Trump loses in November, we will never hear from Melania Trump again. <laughs> I, think, I think you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be interesting when they come back and how they come back, SNL, because it's going to be September soon. Well, in the TV world, Fargo season four, which is going to have Chris Rock, Chris Rock. And set in mm-hmm. Kansas City, and nice. I cannot wait, starts September 27th. Did you see any of the first three seasons, Katie? I saw snippets of shows, unfortunately. It was when I would start them and something would come up and it, I, I wasn't engaged enough. I didn't give myself enough time to go, oh, I've got to see, you know, sit, sit down and watch this again. I had some other things that directed my attention, but great stuff from what I saw. Oh, one and two. The, the, the 34 collective minutes I saw. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it. Um, the one, the season one is brilliant, but season two is even better. Which one's Jesse in? Is that season three? The married couple, Jesse Plimpkin. Uh, I guess that's season, season two. That's season two. I I never Kristen, watched. Kristen Dunst and and Jesse, Jesse Plemons. Yeah, season. Plemons, that's right. And Brad Garrett. It's the mob family headed by Gene Smart. It's so real. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's, so it's quality good. done. Yeah, Gene's excellent. She she always is. But. She always is, and yeah, she plays she the is. crime. She plays She's a the designing crime. woman, you know. Yeah, well, I know. She, she is. plays. Isn't that funny. I know. Yes. She plays the crime matriarch. It's so good. But the first season, Billy Bob Thornton is right. so evil. And Colin Hanks is in it. And uh, Oliver Platt. And it just... It's it, got it a has massive a, cast. It mm-hmm. does. It has a lot of... The first... Oh, Martin Freeman is so good in the first one. It has a lot of similarities to the movie Fargo in the first season, you see little homages to Coen Brothers movies. Right, the because s- it's based on Fargo. Right, but the second one deviates from that. The third one is Ewan McGregor and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and he left his wife of 22 years mm. for her during Fargo. So, But uh, it's it's the story is... So unraveling, but Carrie Coons is in it. Carrie Coons is in season three, so it does have its merits. It's just not as good as the first two, but they're all self-contained. So this one is going to be Chris Rock about mob wars in Kansas City. So I just can't wait to see what what where they go with that one. Now, what else is going to happen? So, oh. are, are you? F- I am not a fan of the Will Smith reboot of Fresh Prince, and here's why: 
Fresh Prince had so many very special episodes that were dramas already that doing nothing but drama without the comedy will take away from the originals. Oh, is that what this concept is well, for no, this the, one now? It's going to be a drama. Well, what, oh, happened, okay. what happened was a guy recut a whole bunch of scenes from Fresh Prince to make it seem like it was a movie that he he did a fake trailer for a very hard hitting serious drama, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, okay. And so Will Smith liked it and said, "Hey, let's do that as a series." But there were so many things that were very serious about The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and that the the dramatic folded into that well, comedy, the comedy, the drama right. really just it, it punched. It well, worked yeah. so well. The reason yeah. that Will got sent. To live in Bel Air is a very serious reason. Exactly. There was always undertones of that, what was going on. And right. like, like his, the, the uh, relationship he had with his father versus the relationship he had with Uncle Phil. That was, it, it was just, there was dramatic undertones the entire time. And if you would do that with just the drama without the comedy, I don't think it will work. I agree. Yeah, it's going to be a tough sell. Uh, the Crown, I am not uh, an officiato, but all my friends are. They love it. And Jonathan Price, who was Oscar nominated as Pope Francis in Two Popes, is going to play Prince Philip in season five and six. And then that long, tall drink of water, Elizabeth Debicki. Okay. She's is, too tall to play Princess Diana. Is playing Princess She's Diana. She's six foot three. And unless, oh, wow. they, unless they get a seven foot actor to play Princess <laughs> Prince Charles, true. it's not going to, unless they're going to have to shoot it like they shot The Hobbit and make her look small as a Princess Diana. Because I believe that's how it ends. I believe season six ends with the death of Princess Diana. Diana in 1998. Uh-huh. Well, um, 1997. Oh, sorry. Sure. Sorry, sorry. I know my prince died. Mm. I was princess in Kansas died. City. Mm. I was in Kansas City. Cardinals Cardinals were playing the Royals for the first time since the 85 World Series in 1997. And that it was that weekend. We'd gone to the baseball game at Kaufman, and then we were at a bar, and people were talking about it at the bar, and they made – like. The TV bars were all on sports, and they made everyone turn it to a news channel. I don't know what it was back then. I, yeah, it, I don't know if it was Fox News or CNN. It wasn't MSNBC back in '97, but they made them turn on a news channel just so they could get the latest because the women needed to know. That's right. If Princess oh, died. of course, because at first the news report was like she was going to be okay. She just exactly. had like a broken leg, but Dodie had died. So I get home and I turn on. The news, and then I had a because it's well, Paris, 1997. Paris, Paris is seven hours ahead of us, and this was like at 11 o'clock at night. Yes. I know by the time they said she was dead, but I'm talking about like seven o'clock mm-hmm. when they were reports, saying, right. yeah, the initial reports like, oh, you know, she's got a broken leg, and he, but he's died, and I go to return a movie at Blockbuster because <laughs> you know those it were was the 1997. days, yeah, mm-hmm. and. I get back and she's dead. I was like, "What? You just said she had a broken leg." Right. Once again, and she, Elizabeth Debicki, is too tall to play Princess Di. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I woke up. Is... I, I woke. Yeah, I woke up at three a.m. for her wedding, and I woke up for her funeral. Bingo. So I am one. going to be very much interested. And every time I look it's at those boys, number one single of all time. I know. And every time I look at those boys now, I just. Oh, 
Mm-hmm. Your heart just still breaks. breaks my heart. Yeah. And then when Will married uh, Kate, and then he had that little, he looked just like his mom in that one. Uh, just, oh, just gets gotcha. me. Gotcha. Gets me all the time. So anyway, uh, Zac Efron is remaking Three Men and a Baby. So who is going, oh, oh my god, is he going to be Selick Gutenberg? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I want to know if they're going to have that ghost kid. Remember? First of all, that was that was a stand up for that there's not a it's not a ghost it's a stand up for one of the three men it's either tom Selleck. yeah it's one of steve his cutouts Gutenberg, right or yeah. oh now i can't think of the third who is men it? steve oh. gutenberg tom Selleck, tom Selleck. and oh my god who is it oh my no, gosh we're not gonna no you no don't look it up you're gonna use your brain oh come on you're gonna use your you brain you can see the movie figure, poster you can see the movie poster you can see gutenberg you can see Tom Selleck, and you can see. Oh, God. Oh. And I've watched all of them, too. There are only two of them. Yeah, I know. It wasn't but... one of them. Was it Frank Oz or Leonard Nimoy who directed them? I think it was Leonard Nimoy. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And Come then, on. Uh, oh, geez. We're gonna, this is going to drive us crazy. Okay, well, why Mark, we're. Why... Is it Mark Harmon? No. No? Oh, God, that's a good guess, though. Yeah. Um, no, it's yeah, but no. Steve Gutenberg, Tom Selleck. Oh my and, goodness! Oh, I can't believe no, it. No, you're not looking it up. You're going to use your brain. <laughs> I know. Uh, and they're, they're he's all looking in, right at you, the, Lynn. Yeah, and they're all in Hawaiian shirts. Yes, and they're all laugh, smiley. They're holding the baby. Baby's in the center. And then oh there's a little God. lady. Yeah. Oh God. Oh my, oh my gosh. No, I know. I'm not looking no, it up. But well, but but why we're thinking down. about that? Um, the 25th anniversary of Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill is... Now, Katie and I played that on Keishi. Yes, we did. We played at least the first... We at least played You Ought to Know. Yeah. And it I was think, I think tremendous. We, I think we died... At, I think it died after that and went exclusively to the point which they don't play that anymore either. Right. <laughs> it's now a Y98 song. Right, yeah, which is crazy how light. I mean, it still is so edgy. I mean, when you listen to the oh. words, it's still shocking that that even got airplay in the first place. But her new one, yeah, Such Pretty Forks in the Road. Have you guys heard anything about it? I, I said because now she's a mother of two. And four. She's happy, four. She's happily wow. she's married. And, yeah, but, and, you know, it's funny. So it's still a like her, Doesn't her daughter sing with one of them? On, on, Great question. On, I think they did a duet during COVID, quit looking at your phone. You're I'm not, not looking it up. I'm looking at our list of topics. Her, uh, her lead single is The Reasons I Drink. So okay. she's still <laughs> she's still in Alanis mode, and she's still as as gutsy and edgy as she can be as a happily married mother of four. She It, it does work. I've heard three tracks on the album so far. We're playing one currently on, on K-Wolf. But really? It's, yeah, we're playing The Reasons I Drink. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good, man. I'm glad she's back. And she was supposed to actually launch a huge tour in March, but obviously so was everyone else, right? Yeah, yes. well, I'm really happy that she's back. And uh, she was on... James Corden one night, and they did Ironic. They did new lyrics to Ironic. And I find that song of all the Jagged Little Pill uh, songs. The worst, the worst, the horribly written, because nothing that she sings about in that song is is ironic. ironic. It's all coincidence. (laughs) Yeah. There's two real ironies in the whole thing. But it still comes up. People quote that song all the time. That's a cultural touchstone. Yeah. That's a cultural touchstone. So, I, but I'm happy to see her happy. One hand in my pocket is a much better song than that. 
Yeah. We, my brother loved her. So at his funeral last year, at his memorial service, we, uh, I was trying to find songs. His, his two favorite artists were Neil Young and uh, Alanis Morissette. Well, look at that. So trying to you find. You can find Thank You. That's a good one. I think we did. Uh, I'm. It's kind I of believe we had this conversation yes. <laughs> last year. Last year, because yeah, Carl. Could, but I think we uh, trying to find some sort of uplifting message type songs that Alanis delivered was and, tricky. And Neil Young. <laughs> oh, and Neil, uh, yeah. To find, so we settled on three songs, but I think it was good. But anyway, I inherited all his. DVDs of Alanis Morissette, but every time I got in his truck, he had Alanis Morissette in his CD player. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt was, uh, he was, uh, uh, yeah, he, he was a good guy. That's great. Anyway, uh, what else is happening? Country Grammar, as far as anniversaries, it's the 20th anniversary of Country Grammar. What they did out at uh, Riverport, I'm sorry, Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Or Riverport. I still call call it Riverport. The third third night was the Nellie 20th anniversary concert for that. that. Well, Raising Cane, the chicken people, are going to show a concert tomorrow night or Saturday night. 9.30, 9.30, Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. It's going to be from Texas, and it's Nellie's Country Grammar 20th Anniversary Concert. Oh, there you Why go. didn't they record the one that was here? <laughs> I that, don't know. But, but see, that's, that's the thing. I don't want to see Nellie. I've seen Nellie, but I don't want to see a Nellie concert in St. Louis because he has too many friends that come up on stage like because he knows everybody in town, and so... They all come up on stage. I want to see a Nelly show. I don't want to see Nelly and Friends. I want right. to see a Nelly show. So well, tomorrow seeing night. that in St. Louis is not a thing. So seeing it tomorrow, uh, August 22nd on Facebook Live. So you'll treat it courtesy of Raising Cane. So. Did I say Mark cool. Harmon? Yes, but it's not right. Gosh, it's, that seems oh. so right. That seems like it should be right. Now I have. Now we have to. Oh. It's been. Are, your brains right. have not. The brains looked. aren't engaging. No, it's going to be like a. It's going to be like the brainy person. Like it was a. Like Tom Selleck was like the. The hunky one. The hunky right. one, and then Steve Gutenberg was the was funny the silly, one. Goofy one. And then this is going to be the brainy one. Okay, I got it. Oh come on. Oh oh, you now you want me to tell you? Oh yes. Are you kidding? Who is? Everyone's he been has, screaming at the. At he the, has, yeah. He has white hair now. Ted Danson. Oh, it's Ted Danson. Oh, my God. That's right. Oh, my God. Oh, that's right. Ted Danson. Gosh. Ted Danson and Tom Selleck in the same movie. How did that happen? That's hilarious. That is. It was the 80s. (laughs) And they're both on TV? Right. They're still back on. Well, no, I I guess Ted Danson's not on TV anymore. Well, his good place place ended. And then Curb is not really on. And it, and I was right; it was Leonard Nimoy. But he is going to be a new uh, in a new show. Oh, okay, yeah, and it's from the Tina Fey people. All right. Oh, real? oh, that makes sense. Her and Robert Carlock, her yep. husband. Mm-hmm. So, but I forget the name of it. But it's going to be slated for the coming TV whenever COVID's over. Yeah, do they still have? Do they still have seasons? I don't anymore? know. I th- I think they're getting a whole bunch of Canadian shows, and they're just going to show them here. Well, I can dovetail something. Not that it's really scoop, but do you have Ozark? fans i'm sure that listen like by Mm -hmm. the mass numbers yes so i got straight from the proverbial production crew's mouth 
that for Ozark fans out there, you guys know by now that they're going to have 14 episodes, and that will conclude you know, season they four and five. busting it up? Oh, so yeah, it's going to seven and seven. 14 new episodes, seven and seven, correct. Ah. So the scouting. Like Breaking Bad. Right. The scouting yeah, but it's Netflix, for, so they're all dumped at once. Yeah, they dump them all. Boom, boom, boom. Um, so the scouting is happening as we speak. The people that are on site to get the housing secured for the actors. Are the they going to do it? In, they've been filming in Georgia. They're, so as far gonna... as I know, they're still there. As far okay. as I know, they are still there scouting out the different areas. It'd be nice if they filmed, you know, in the Ozarks. Wouldn't it be nice if they would have had incentive to do it? We and won't go there. Um, so, <laughs> so having said that, uh, it's, they are slated to start production in mid-September. Now, will the COVID stuff still scare people off and keep people away? Don't know. But as far as the on-site crew that is there now knows, uh, shooting starts up in September. If they, they have, can. But they have no, yeah, they're not putting any sort of an expiration date right. on shooting. You don't know what's going, going on in Georgia. Right. Best guess is probably around April of 21 wow. before we even get a glimpse wow. of the first and one. And so if you've not watched the first three seasons, you, can catch of up. you, you can have catch plenty up. of time to catch up. You so can. there you have oh, it. Oh, and this weekend is also the, the season finale of Yellowstone. I know there's a lot of oh, Yellowstone yeah. fans. Your buddy uh, Kevin Costner. Yes. Who still looks great. Yes. And uh, Aunt Becky's going to prison for two months. Right. Oh, did they sentence them at yes. this final? Okay. Husband, and she husband, made a plea deal. Did Mazimo get five? He got five. She got two. Oh, look at yeah, that. and now with COVID, they think they might not even serve. Them. At all? I just would like a couple days for them to know what it's like. Right. Well, haven't they been in... Are they been in house arrest? House arrest. Yeah. They've not I mean, been anywhere. Oh, and those daughters are so unsufferable. Oh, <laughs> are they God. not? Well, that's what, that's what they were trying to say, that the kids knew about it, because oh. they had to lie to their counselors. Oh. Because they want to they try them as well. Oh, my goodness, because, well, they, they deserve Jay. it. Like, they're still trying to do their social media, mm -hmm. their YouTube, right. their, their beauty brand that one girl never went to class at her high school um or right. college college she because she had her beauty empire yeah. growing or something yeah so in hollywood they have begun taping soap operas but now at studio city cbs studio city where i was in uh january you're on the price is right the price is right nice uh they have now they they shut it down because three people have come up with covid so how about that? So they went back to work, Young and Restless, and The Bold and the Beautiful, and then now three people have tested positive My gosh. for COVID. That's awful. I know. So, so wash your hands, wear a mask. Right. Wash your hands, wear your mask, <laughs> Stay do away a social from distance. When they say don't go to social gatherings, I don't really understand why people are just refusing to well, I, I read that. I read something the other I think it was Fauci, who said... If you want to open schools, you'll have to close bars. You can't have schools and bars open because one of those is going to ruin the other. Hmm. Interesting point. I know. Well, the largest number of increases is 20 to 29, and I sound like a really old, crabby lady. You get off my lawn. That's bars. <laughs> you know? You go, Clint But uh, I miss, I mean, don't you? We all miss everything. We yes. all miss everything. We miss sports. We miss movies. We miss theater. I miss hugging people the most. Oh, that's the truth, Aww. isn't it? 
That's a truth. Because you just so now when you greet people, you can't even do the hand. I know. You know, I just when Carl do the, walked like, in, my first instinct was to jump up and grab him, and, and I was like, like no. Can't do that. And I ran I away to I the other just, side of the room. Oh, now it's just like I just everybody knows like hi, wait. Le- just <laughs> just so you know, I wanted to hug you. Oh, well, we'll have to make up for yes. that. All it, right, so let's uh, wrap it up. Yes. Lynn, where can we find you socially? Socially, I'm on all the socials, although I still really can't figure out Instagram, but that's because I'm 65. Instagram is Twitter with pictures. I know. I know. I'm on I'm there. I have a lot of I'm followers. You, I'm, I'm on there. I have a lot of followers, but I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and I am on the radio every Thursday night with Ray Hartman, 1030 to 11. Oh, say, um, yeah, say hi to Ray. Yeah, Ray, Ray is a hoot. And, uh, and Donnie Brooks on Friday nights this week and next week because nice. of the convention. Conventions. Oh, that's right. Pre-empted. And uh, also, um, I am in the Webster Kirkwood Times online. Mm-hmm. And I have my own website, poplifestl.com. And I'm trying to load fresh con- content. I have an interview with Corey Finley, the director of Bad Education and Thoroughbreds. Ooh. Yes, coming up because he's helping the St. Louis Actors Studio in their fundraising, same as John Hamm and Sterling K. Brown. That's awesome. And, oh, and you're look, Katie, you're looking at a three three time winner of the St. Louis Cinema Trivia Nights. Did you win three nice. nights? Nice. I'm the grand prize winner. Well, I'm the grand prize winner. You should be. And and she's going to, are you going to try to win again? Uh, I am. And oh, also uh, this Monday, I am going to be on the Cinema St. Louis. We're doing the golden anniversaries. And I'm talking about the John Cassavetes movie, Husbands, starring Peter Falk, Ben Gazzara, and John Cassavetes. And uh, this should be fun because I'm doing it from a female perspective. And it's called Husbands. (laughs) I know. It's uh, (laughs) it's made in 1970, so it's the golden anniversary. But John Cassavetes is credited with being one of the founders of the independent movie movement and I will be live at 7.30 we'll take your que- I'll intro the movie we'll take your questions Cliff Freilich will facilitate mm-hmm. and then if you missed it you can see it archived on YouTube Cinema St. Louis channel YouTube stars yes. and my name is Carl Middleman Carl the Intern you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Carl the Intern I am Sorry, I'm not with the bubble in St. Louis Blues in Edmonton. I would yes, love to have not. been. I was I wondering about that. Oh, I should have brought my ring. I would have showed you. Oh, my ring. you should have. Oh, it's, Darn. it's it's ginormous. And oh, it's that's not. so cool. But uh, you can hear me on the Intercom family of radio stations: KMOX, KZK, Y98, not so much now 96.3, and KFTK FM Talk. And then uh, there's Katie Cruz. She's here too. Hi, everybody. Yep, uh, you can find me at K Wolf. That's Wolf with a U. Radio at K W U L F dot com is how you can stream the station. See what you think. It's pretty cool. It's a one. It's a one-off format, as far as we know. Nobody else on the planet is doing this. So. Freeform us crazy radio. kids are giving it a go. I love when you get to curate. I love that. It's amazing to be able to. It, it's a, it's about as close to old school as you're ever going to get in this day and age. To have the, the ability to do that is huge. On so, terrestrial radio. Yeah, yeah. 1017. Well, thank you for showing up. And Guys, thank uh, we you look so forward much for to. The uh, sure. Well, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again. I'll hold you to it. Bye bye. So long. Farewell.